When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.B. Mosher. we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. One would almost say good. <laughs> so this song is the video montage of high school times with friends, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. If you didn't use Friends or Friends Forever or Green Day, Time of Your Life, you used this one, right? That's good, yeah. So play a little bit about the song that we're talking about. Uh, this is this song is just good. This is good. <laughs> the biggest pick in the world That's on their right. base. Tom Drummond. <laughs> yeah, he's using a silver dollar. <laughs> JFK's face is on that dick, you know? That's like... Ernie Ball flat wounds yeah. like gauge 105. Well, maybe I'm just too sure. Or maybe I'm just too frightened. These hits. Ten bucks says y'all sang that. Absolutely. How many people trying to look up that song online now? Uh, yeah. How do you just spell wow. Google? Wow. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. That is good by Better Than Ezra from the 1995 album Deluxe. Make sure you stick around to the end because we got a really fun interview with Kevin Griffin. Oh man, you're gonna love that. Lead guy. singer of Better Than Ezra. Uh, mammoth songwriter Goodness too gracious. these days. You're going to love some of the stuff that he's written and worked on outside of Better Than Ezra. Um, and he yells at us for a minute. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, he's uh, he's the reason that we now have the full time limit of uh, Zoom, Zoom. That, we, that we invested in the in the non uh, basic version of Zoom. Um, so he changed the podcast. He guys. did. Game changer Kevin Griffin is joining us at the end of the show to talk about Better Than Ezra and more. Uh, that is from the 1995 album Deluxe. It went to number one on the Modern Rock Tracks chart, number three on the Mainstream Rock chart, number 17 on the U.S. Top 40 Mainstream, number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100, number four on the Canada Rock Alternative chart, and number 26 on the Canada Top Singles chart. For the year of 1995, it was the number 85 song on the Hot 100. Uh, it was the number eight U.S. album rock tracks song for the entire year and number two u.s modern rock tracks chart for the entire year 1995 wow sounds about right that was good by better than ezra so much about this instant nostalgia come comes back with this song um 
and it it really does make your memory feel like the video looks. Yep. The video's got that classic '90s blown out color. Uh-huh. Um, you know, lots of like fast cuts and these like burnout fades. You know what I mean? That thing where it's like it's a shot and then everything goes like flash of white and then it. You know what I mean? That's good. That's uh, lots of those. Kevin's playing a super cool Gretsch guitar. Um, did you? I, I always wanted. There was like. Um, two music stores in town when I was growing up. And there was like the one that was, they sold PV stuff. They sold a yep. lot of PV stuff. Yep. Um, and then there was one that was like, they had an SRV, you know, signature uh, strat on the yeah. wall and they had the Brian Setzer signature Gretsch and whatever. And so it was there that I would go when I wanted to like window shop and dream, uh-huh. you know, and Gretsch was one of those things. Was that, wh- we what only, was that for you? Okay. We only had the PV shop. Okay. And it's yeah. funny that you said PV because that's what they had. Like yeah. They had, that was their brand. Yeah. I, my first amp was a PV Rage. Yeah. Like that was my first <laughs> amp. So dream guitar. Um, I was a late bloomer into the dream guitar world, mm-hmm. so if I wanted a dream guitar, I had to go to Knoxville or Chattanooga, so sure. I would go to what was then called Musician's Friend, okay. which became Guitar Center, Yeah, um, okay. and so that's kind of how that progressed okay. um, for me, and then I... my. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, mine was mine was L and M music was like mm-hmm. the higher end, you know, guitar. And we used to go Which there is, all the time in like college. Yeah, we, and we would go together. And uh, and it's now like a golf store. Golf they and sell a hot little bit of guitars. They yeah, they sell anyway. If you've ever seen, there's they had a video go viral where the guy's like standing in front of a store and he just says, "Hey, we buy golf." That's them. That's <laughs> yeah. them now. Uh, but they had like the high end stuff that like you had to ask for somebody and they had to get on a ladder to get mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah. But that orange Gretsch hanging up there is what I always wanted. Okay, uh, yeah. never got a chance to get one, but Kevin's got one in this video, and uh, it's awesome. Okay, let's talk for a second about that bass tone. Yeah, did you happen to look up? I know we're gonna meet the band later. Did you happen to look up what his bass is? I did not. In the in the video, I believe it's a Music Man okay. or an Ernie, Ernie Ball. Ball, yeah, Music Man bass. Um, and I just using the heck out of those humbucker pickups, uh-huh. dude. Like. It is so in your face. That sound that can only be achieved with a pick, you know. It's like, I mean, it really is like, you think of like maybe Blink-182, you know, pop punk bass tone, um, but like before that And you're not playing it up under your chin. Yeah. No, it's a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just... I mean, it's it, it it's so in your face and so defined. Each uh-huh. single note is defined. It almost sounds like what you would get if you used like a synth bass that only oh, had just, one yeah. level of of attack, attack and yep. uh, and um, what do you call it? velocity, right? Mm-hmm. That it, it just ba 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 ba. It's that sturdy. It's just here's this freaking bass, and you can deal with it or you can get out. Um, and so obviously people liked it. Uh, left-handed drummer alert. Yeah. We'll talk about this. I don't want to get into it. No, I don't you're good. Get into it's it. good. Carrie, Carrie, uh, Bona, Bonacazi? Bona, Bonacazi? I went with Bonacase. Bonacase? I don't know. We, Carrie, we should ask Kevin. I think I we know. asked him about, I think we just called him Carrie though, maybe. Carrie. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we'll talk about anyway, it. Anyway, killing it. Left-handed drummer good. alert. Um, the, the bits of the, the C7 chord in the song matters. I think Kevin mentions it, but it's not just, so it, this has the exact same, uh, chord progression, Minus one note um, as like when I come around by Green Day, right? It's the same. Let me play a little bit. That might be in different keys actually, but it's one, five, six minor, four. Yeah, same key, right? But the thing that's missing is this uh, the the B flat in the C chord because the C is a C seven. Uh, uh, uh. So that's the difference. Uh, that is that is 
G, D, E minor, C. This is G, D, E minor, C7. And you get that tension of that, right? Um, and I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But but um, I love the way that, that the C7 chord comes in on the verses where it's like, um, it's just, so the you know, the, the verses are really bare. It's just uh-huh. bass and drums. And then the sitting around the house, da-da-da, you get that for just a second, and then it and then it comes back in. I love that. Um, the... Um, what do you call it? The the spaciousness. That's not the word I was hoping to come out it, of my it's, mouth with, but the spaciousness followed it. by that that tension. I really love. And then there's some like sneaky fun guitar stuff in there when he's singing. Good, good, good. Listen, especially in headphones, you can hear it. The guitar's playing some nice little tasty chord stuff up top, uh, and he gets into some like um, m- almost like melodic um, arpeggiated rhythm stuff in the third verse. Let's listen to that while he's singing over top of it. This little, you know. And if you listen on headphones, I, I've never really heard this before, but if you listen on headphones, you hear a, like a second lead vocal that's really heavily distorted underneath his clean, uh, his clean lead on that third verse, too, that's really nice also. Um, you, it's got a key change in the you know later chorus. I think it's after this chorus. Let's take a listen to that because that's not what you, you don't hear that often in, in alternative rock, yeah. you know. Here we go. We're going to go up to D. Same chord progression, numbers-wise, just in the key of D. A little solo work. And then we're going to go right back down to the original key for the chorus. Yeah. You know what that key change was? It was good. <laughs> I was like, uh, is there a term that I don't know? And then uh, there's a little thing at the end uh, that I... I don't know if this was on the radio version and it just got um, um, smothered by other songs as they would come in at the end, but somebody yells, yeah, that's right, at the very end of the song. Let's listen. Opposite. Little the, John the, making an early appearance there. Yeah, yeah. Baby little John. Baby John. <laughs> baby, John. baby John. Baby John coming in. Yeah. Um, well, from the album Deluxe, my favorite song on the album other than good is Porcelain. Okay. Rob, spell Porcelain. P-O-R-C-E-L-A-I-N. Boom. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah, that was good. Spelling champ. Spelling champ Rob yeah. coming out. Well, while we're doing games, you want to go ahead and let's play Stump the Genius. Sure. Let's do it. We're in game mode. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. I take your part. Is this all gonna be spelling? No. I hope so. It does have a W on the end of it. Tad Wadams. Spell Wahaw. I feel like people, if you asked people to just say, not necessarily even sing this, although they might sing us this way. You know that you know the episode of um I think it's Friends. Where somebody's making the like whipped sound and they're like, Whitch! and Chandler is like, yeah, whoppa. <laughs> and it's like, no, dude, it's, He's like, that's what I said, whoppa. <laughs> I feel like people would say that if you're trying to say, what is he saying right there? People would be like, uh oh, 
or uh-huh. uh-huh, you know what I mean? Because it's hard to just say <laughs> it's a wah-ah or a whoop-a. Whoop-a. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, we're going to play uh, Songs with Good in the title. Another one <laughs> where I'm cheering on for Rob. Let's do it. Uh Gotta get listen, I gotta, I gotta say, I think you're coddling me lately. You're doing the, too much of this cheering me, cheer me on stuff. Okay, you need I'll, to stump me some more. I'll try to bring it on and get meaner. <laughs> um, so that's just more fun to be on the same team. Um, Agreed. But on we go here. Until this rivalry is, week. That's right. Um, you're going to know the songs, I think, on most of these, and you, I think you're going to know the artist. My goal is to get... Uh, we're going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Okay. So you got a timer there? Yeah. You only get 30 seconds total, total. to get okay. all five of these. Okay. okay. And it's just artist. So... Just Wait, artist, not name of the song. Just not artist. artist just okay. name of the song. Not name of the song. Just artist. Okay. So honor system that you'll pause the timer or no. Let's just keep thirty seconds going. And you just go. And to the I'll next go to one. the next. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All thirty right, seconds. I'm Count a, us down. I'm setting a timer for thirty seconds. And I'll be ready to start. All right. Three, two, one, go. Here we go. Uh, Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Good vibrations. Uh, only the good die young. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Correct. Uh-oh. Tom Killer. Oh, no. Oh, it's Good Day Sunshine Beatles. Okay. Beatles. Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, good time of your life. Uh, Green Day. Green Day. Five seconds. Break them. Good. 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 Uh, Big Smalls. Arms. I have no idea. Ice Cube. It oh, was a, good, it was a day. good day. It oh. was a good day. Blast it. It has been a good day. Blast it. But we were so close. Oh, man. So close. Great job on the first four. Good call. I like that. That's fun. fun. So 30 seconds on the clock. Hope you guys did well at home. <laughs> You're yelling, change it. You're yelling, Beatles. Beatles. I know. Beatles. Oh, I hate it when I get hung up, dude. Oh, man. That's good stuff, though. So what's, anyway. what's this chord pounding away? Oh, well, man. Lots of good. Okay. Just a recap. Good Vibrations, Beach Boys, Only the Good Die Young, Billy Joel, Good Day Sunshine, Beatles, Good Riddance, Green Day, It Was a Good Day, Ice Cube. Yeah. I got to say. I didn't even have to use my AK, you know? <laughs> Gotta say it it was a good day. It was a good day. Um, I did see Kevin play the guitar riff at the Nashville soccer game uh, in May this year. He still got the guitar chops. Yeah. So tell the people. Tell the people about the Nashville guitar and how they incorporate guitar players. It's so Nashville of a thing to do. Absolutely. So before uh, we're – me and my wife are season ticket holders for the Nashville soccer club, so we go to every home game. And um, the uh, before the kickoff, after the national anthem – they have a famous guitar player or a famous musician who plays the guitar in some cases come out and play a riff on this Gibson cu- guitar uh, that's color schemed uh, in the in the vein of Nashville soccer. So it's the same club. guitar, every same time. guitar okay. every time. They all okay. use the same guitar, very similar tone. I don't think they're super flexible with tone change because uh-huh. it's like come out and play it. Um, but we've seen, I mean. Uh, John Oates from Holland Oates has been out there. Uh, Joe Bonamassa was probably one of the better ones. Sure. Uh, Kevin Griffin came out and played. Uh, my favorite of the season is a great story. So um, the the person who was supposed to play guitar did not show. So they had Soccer Moses play it. And for those of y'all that don't know who Soccer Moses is, it is Stephen Stephen Mason, I believe is his last name, from Jars of Clay, the guitar player from Jars of Clay, came out and rocked it, and it was awesome. And he is a he he is a character in He's a character as Soccer Moses, Soccer Moses yeah. and he he killed it. It was wonderful. He has a big sign that says "Let my people go." Let my people right? go. He's got uh, for the Pride Week. He changed it to "Let all people go." <laughs> so he 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 had uh, for the Tomato Fest. 
guess last week he changed it to let my people grow. Of course. Um, so it's been, it's he's a, a great character and stands right <laughs> in our section. Super kind guy. We'll take a picture with anyone, like anybody. Really? So he's so kind. Um, so. And you said that one, that game happened to be broadcast nationally, Nationally, right? and it stirred up a little controversy. <laughs> people are like, how sacrilegious is this? He looks like People Moses. across the country who are not oh, in man. on the joke. They don't get the joke. They're not there. They're like, how, how awful is this? They're like, come <laughs> on. Give the, give the guy some, some... So do they all play the same riff? Different or riff. Or riff of different choice? Riff, yeah. Okay. It's one guy that I don't remember who it was. It was not a popular guitar player that I knew. I'm sure it was a national studio guy. Um, but he played Little Wing, which oh. I thought was a smart play. That's cool. If you're yeah. gonna come out, soccer. Do if you, if nobody, not to be critical, but if nobody really knows who you are, mm-hmm. play a riff that people will know, sure. so they get behind you. Oh, was, I thought you were just saying because of like a wing and soccer. Oh, that makes sense. Well, there I you thought, go. That could be a great you know, tie-in. Yeah. Good job there. So, of all the clubs that I feel like should have a like official theme song, it should be the national. We do. Soccer. We have a, okay. We okay. have a theme song. It's uh called "Never Give Up on You" by Jude and the Lion. Okay. For those of y'all who know it, is "Hey Brother, Hey Sister." So okay. b- before every game, you hold up your scarf and you sing "Hey Brother, Hey Sister." So even on away games, me and my wife are so committed that we play "Hey Brother, Hey Sister." Wow. Here on our in our in our house and put it on and hold up our scarves and the two of us <laughs> sing along even though it's just oh, the two of us. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the album Deluxe, <clears throat> and then I'm going to play you something that I'm super excited about. Um, it was the first major label album for Better Than Ezra. Uh, they had some independent stuff before. Their first release was called Surprise, and it was self funded, self released, all that stuff. Uh, and Deluxe went to number thirty five. Uh, on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, and uh, a little bit about Kevin Griffin. Actually, maybe we should meet the band first, and let's then I can him, just and see what I can add. talk to him. Yep, sounds good. We'll okay. just hand it off to you. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band that played on the deluxe album. Um, we'll just keep it going. There's only three people, three piece. So, and I kept kept it pretty brief on this because a lot of it we did talk with Kevin about. I know Rob's got some things to add, but on bass, Tom Drummond, a student in LSU, still lives in New Orleans, got a great Shaq story with Kevin in the interview. So please make sure you stick around for the Shaquille O'Neal story with the LSU tie in there. So Tom Drummond on bass. On drums, Carrie, we have still not landed on how to pronounce the last name. I Sorry, think we're, Carrie. I think we're going with Bonacase. Uh, I am. Rob may be going with Bonacazi. I don't know. Bonacase. Um, on drums, also, also vocals. Um, before, uh, Travis McNabb, who played with Vigilantes of Love, Sugarland, Gavin DeGraw. And before, Michael Jerome, who played with the Toadies, Katie Lang, John Kale, everybody. So I looked up Carrie's song credits, and uh, this was all I could find was just this era. Huh. So I don't know if he's, I'm sure he's being a drummer, played with other people, but I could not find much on him. So okay. um, in terms of Kevin, most of the good stuff we'll talk about in the interview. I know Rob has some nuggets of goodness. And then I just have some things um, after you're done on songs that he's written that I just want to play some samples. Okay. Yeah, that's like. actually, I was going to get into okay, that. So um, so uh, Better Than Ezra is still going and they still play and they still, I don't know that they like tour but they do many you know many stuff here and there and then they play shows a show or something yeah 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 so it's more of a pop-up thing he's really a- big in the pilgrim he helped kickstart the pilgrimage music festival mm-hmm. which is up here so they play that every year yeah. and it's wonderful yeah so they never broke up but as things kind of slowed down um he got involved in the in the songwriting scene especially here in nashville ends up moving to nashville and so he's had tons of cuts just as a songwriter mm-hmm. um and um and not to mention 
his debut solo album, which is funny to think of, but in 2019, like after 30 years in the music business, he put out a debut album. Um, but it is so good. It's called Anywhere You Go. Um, it is really worth listening to. And and it is not better than Ezra. Like, don't go into it listening it's for different. the next good, right? It's um it's uh it's it's a little more um not that their stuff wasn't polished. Good doesn't sound like polished but mm-hmm. that was for the era but it's just a little more ambitious maybe pop um you know whatever and it's it really really enjoyable really recommended i've listened to it a lot um so why don't we talk about some of the some of the hits that yeah that you know for sure yeah that kevin griffin you wouldn't think necessarily oh the lead singer of that band from the 90s but these are songs that kevin griffin has has co-written talk about it Go, okay i can talk about some um stuck like glue for sugarland but the yeah sh- i mean that was huge that song was like a record-breaking it was it, everywhere it was the uh it was something like like it, it at one point was like the most downloaded song ever yeah. I mean, huge song. I think we should talk about Human that he wrote for John McLaughlin because we just had him on last week. Yeah. So another big hit for him. That's right. Another one of our friends. So we'll tie that one in. Um, Collide for Howie Day. Howie Day. Um, and we mentioned Sugarland, and we talked to him about um, this song um, in the interview, but Tonight by Sugarland is one of my very favorite songs. Mm. Like, just songs. Period. I love that. That's in my top of their songs. I like Sugarland. I like them a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's so good. Yep. So it's another, it's another good. And we talked yeah. to him about the stuff he did with, um, bare naked ladies and all kinds yeah. of stuff. So uh, he wrote, I'll be your man for James Blunt. Boom. Uh, just all kinds of, you know, all kinds of writing credits. So that to me is like the dream to have like to, because he still got this artist thing going and also this career as a writer, you know what I mean? Um, and we'll talk to him a little bit more about like Taylor Swift ends up, you know, covering one of his songs and all, you know, all this kind of stuff. So that's just a very cool to be able to have your hand in both of those worlds and be able to sort of satisfy both of those creative urges is, is really nice. Um, okay. Let me borrow the, uh, aux cable okay. back again. Was- Sitting around the house. That was good. All right. Literally. It was good. <laughs> it was Okay, I mentioned the uh, the C seven chord in this song, right? And the 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 note that makes that chord a C seven is the B flat. Okay, so that's if you're spelling at home, that's C E G B flat, and the B flat is called a dominant seven. Um, and so that is what gives that chord that flavor. Okay, and so I was thinking, there is one other song to me that is in the key of G that includes a C seven. Um, and it's not necessarily the chord that is the C7. It's a C chord, and then a B-flat gets introduced, okay? And and it has that same pull, that same tension. Um, and I wonder, uh, I just wonder which of these is the more significant 90s C7, okay? okay. This is a really very tiny uh, uh, award I'm trying to give out here, okay? But... Um, Let's check it. How about a little December uh, by Collective Soul? On your hair, baby, just spit me out. Which is one of my favorite. I used to love. I played this riff so often as a teenager that it was my go-to for Tune, or what like does a G check. chord sound like? Okay, like I could, I could play this often enough that I could basically sing you a G just thinking about this song. You know what I mean? But so you've got here at the end. Let me get here toward the end here. There it is. Hold up. There's that uh, B flat adding that tension to that C chord. 
more unction. It's more enunciated there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's part of the chord in good, and it can hide a little bit more. Here, it's very it's, like it's, in it's your face. Yeah. And actually, okay, I gotta lie. I, I gotta I gotta correct myself because the bass is going to a B flat there also. So it's only a C seven chord until the bass enters. Yeah. Uh, and then it's actually and then a B flat. True B flat. My bad. I've I did not listen to that closely enough. So <laughs> the award then goes to it goes to good good by better than oh, Ezra. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. The unmistakable uh, vocal hook in this is one of its like the things that gives it you know some of its charm sure. is the wow. Uh-huh. And did Kevin tell the story with us about how that got inserted? That it was, I, I think so. That it was okay. not planned. Yeah, uh, it, it was, was just he, he needed something there, mm-hmm. and it just sort of evolved. Um, and so, anyway, I but I, I was trying to find a way to acknowledge that that the waha. You okay. know, it's one of everybody's favorite things about this song. It's the sing, thing everybody sings along with. If you were at the if you were at the show, you know, um, and you know how they'll have moments where like the lights coordinate uh-huh. and they will like b- Bright boom light. out on the crowd yeah. for us everybody. You're going to get one on the wah ah, and then yeah. it pops back down, right? Because um, they know the whole crowd's going to sing along. So I, I was trying to think of a way to acknowledge that and and talk about that, but you can't. There's not like a good Google search that says like best wahas. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it might bring you something you don't want to see, honestly. <laughs> but um, so anyway, but I happened upon in in my research uh, this list, um, and this was it was from a BuzzFeed article actually. But it's this is a clip on YouTube um, called the. Let's see. It is called the greatest vocal. I'm sorry. It is called the '90s alt rock vocal hook supercut. Okay. okay, the '90s alt rock vocal hook supercut, and um, it is about two minutes long, and we're going to listen to the whole thing. Okay, uh, it is vocal hooks by which you can immediately identify a song. A song, okay? okay, but they're not words. Okay, okay, it's noises, la la's and na na's and oohs and ahs okay, and wahs. Cool. I like okay? this. That's good. So let's listen to this clip now. If you want to sit with a pencil and pen, try to write them. There down. are thirty nine. I counted them. Thirty nine vocal hooks Goodness in God. this two minute clip. See how many you can catch and and identify. Okay. Because you might, there some of them are so fast you gonna be able that to you might it. not even catch it. You yeah. could actually miss it. But see how many you can catch, and see if you can uh, identify all these vocal hooks. Yeah. 
you missed that one, you're out. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Man, I did not do good Dude. at all. It's so hard. Like, okay, the, I want to pro- know. My, if- my problem is I was writing down, like, the thing I messed up early is I was writing down, like, do, 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 do and I was like, I'll remember that. Yeah. But I don't because all the others all, are in yeah. my head. So I know uh, Ben Folds, uh, The Sima Charm Life by uh, uh, Third Eye, Third Eye, Blind, Eye Blind. And then I just started writing bands to help cue me. So I had U2, Pearl Jam, Manson, Alice in Change, RCP, What's Going On, Four Nine Blondes, Good, Zombie. Long December, Counting Crows, no doubt. Yeah, there's so many. So, so I was like, I can't do this. It's really hard. Honestly, some of them come so fast. The having the video in front of you is a big help. Yeah. So like, I I turned my he phone so you can see the video. The middle, so, but, uh, me. so yeah, if uh, maybe I'll include that link in the show notes just because it's yeah. so fun to go through. Uh, and that article actually has a checklist of all the ones. That's cool. You know, that's that was great. There. So I enjoyed that a lot. That is the credit goes to CBC Music. That is the it's the awesome. channel on YouTube. CBC Music. That is the '90s alt rock vocal hook supercut. Uh, that celebrated this hook exactly the way that I wanted, yeah. which was to bring in some of the pantheon of those great vocal sounds. That was good. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, you got anything else, or we need to kick it to so. our? I think I'm I'm good. Oh, I did want to touch on before real quick their other hits. Um, some of the better. Oh yeah, of course. Other hits. Why you got it pulled up? Uh, play a little bit of a lifetime. Um, yeah. I guess we'll just I'll hit a few seconds of each of these maybe, or we don't even have to play them, but. I do want to touch on a couple because we were even trying to decide which one to cover by them. Yeah, it's true. I woke up 8 a.m. graduation day. Got into a car, crashed along the way. And we arrived late to the wake. Stole the un while they looked away. And drove to the beach because I knew you'd want it that way. Uh, yeah. Desperately wanting, I, yeah. I you'll know. I want to hear minute three oh three on this one because okay. it's got this musical bridge that gets me every time, and okay. I always forget it's coming. It's weird. Nice. Um, if you're wanting to hear like the song, yeah, play a little of the song, but definitely yeah, yeah, sure. play it enough where you can get Good. to minute three oh three. What? I forget that it comes in. Yeah, time. every time, yeah. Um, extraordinary? Yeah.
Man, it feels so 90s. I love it. I can't remember if I asked him if this has the most rhymes he's ever compiled in a song. I got a little bit of hope, like a soap on a rope. Sweeter than sour, getting thinner by the hour. Falling fast, and I'm running out of gas. Mugging on your sister, smart as Bobby Fischer. Still, I can't get arrested. Love it. If Dr. Seuss wrote a... Alternative rock songs. Right. Um, Juicy, probably be the last one I'll throw out there. Okay. All right. You also got to go King of New Orleans, I think. Yeah, that's good too, yeah. A little Juicy. My nickname in high school. I feel like this song accurately captures Kevin's attitude. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of a he's kind of a larger than life in a way, you know, kind of guy. He kind of I feel like he kind of takes up the room. Not to mention the fact that he's eighty feet tall. I mean, he's very tall, but like he just has a he has a uh, kind of a big you know a big personality That's about good. him. Um, so I think that that sort of you know. That kind of nag nabs his. Uh, I don't know. That one really feels like like Kevin Griffin to That's me. Good. Yeah, I love it. All right, so here's what we need to do. We're going to talk to Kevin Griffin of Better Than Ezra in just a minute. Uh, but first, we need you to pause what you're doing. Go on social media right now to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Great Song Pod. I'll tell you what else we need you to do. If you really like the show and you want to be part of uh, our community, join the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. And if you really love the show and you want to be a part of producing it, making it happen, uh, and supporting it, then you can go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash greatsongpod. And you can support the show. Get a producer. We'll back you up. You can tell anybody on earth, hey, I'm a co-producer of the Great Song Podcast, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely back you up on that. And uh, you can get some goodies sent back your way as our way of saying thank you. Early release, extended episodes, full-blown bonus shows. Uh, last last uh, season, we did Sabotage by Beastie Boys as the bonus for our Patreon uh, subscribers. And uh, gosh, that was fun. And so uh, anyway, love that stuff. Love you guys. Love your faces. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to go talk to Kevin Griffin, and we'll be back to tuck you in. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Kevin Griffin, songwriter extraordinaire, lead singer and progenitor of uh, Better Than Ezra. And uh, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope progenitor is not an offensive word. <laughs> it just came to mind, so I thought I'd use it. You know, I, I love that word, and I use it all the, t- all the time. I use that word a lot in prestidigitation mm, as well. Fantastic. Which is, which is the art of sleight of hand. Yes. And just for the listeners out there who are wondering if I've made up a word, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm honored and giddy to be here. Giddy, today. even he says. Giddy, oh, that's a good. That's, that's, that's a vocab word of of. of well, you know. Well, I, I need to start I'm with LSU guys. I graduated college, so oh, right. um, well, not not yeah. me. I've got I'm an just LSU question. Out that. National champions. I'm just saying. Right. Go ahead. Continue. True. Actually, Jay- uh, then I've got to start with this one. This was way down the list, but you went to LSU like 89, 90 around there. Did you ever meet Shaq? You have a Shaq story. Oh, you have yeah. a Shaq story. Well, I went there 85, 89. 85, I graduated yeah, 89. 89. Yeah, 89. And, and so one of my fraternity brothers uh, played, on, played for the Tigers, LSU Tigers. 
And he later became the kind of the personal assistant, you know, assistant manager to Shaq when he went off to uh, play for the Orlando Magic. And so, uh, so all through college, Shaq was would show up at the, the fraternity house, and he would, he would. We had these. We had Friday like a TGIF Friday, typical frats, silly stuff. But we would serve these. We like, we called them Leonard dogs because Leonard was the cook, and they were these really bad, uh, the, you know, really cheap hot dogs. They're dyed red, so when you <laughs> boil them in water, the water is red. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going back too far, but the Shaq loved those hot dogs. But my, my best Shaq story is when I went over to Dennis's house one time just to, just to hang out. And, uh, and I was like, Hey guys, I'm here. And they're like, we're in the back room. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to hit the head. I went to the bathroom, opened the door and Shaq was on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oh, that's all. Awesome. And, and he was on the toilet. His knees, you know, you don't think about this, but they're not made. A normal toilet isn't made for someone who's seven two. And uh, and I was just kind of speechless. And he went, "It's all good, man." And I, and I shut the door, and that's it. That's my. That's good. That's that's, uh, good. that's much better than anything I was expecting from that. It's all good, man. All, we'll have to edit this out. Like, I bet he took just some a ginormous. Oh, no. oh too. No. I bet that was. You, like, yeah, you don't want to know what's going on. You don't want to know. No. It's all. It's it's all enlarged. You know, it's yeah. all just. Like, <laughs> what if he just had little droplets? Let's not. Okay. Let's anyway, not. Go, on we go. Okay. <laughs> number one. Okay. This so is the first real this question. The, our first thing we intended to ask you about, other than Shaq using the bathroom. Is uh, your bio all over the internet um, says you are a skilled mimic? That's the quotation that I found. A skilled mimic, and we've already heard you do some shack, um, but so not just a regular old. The, the bar is really high because it says you're a skilled mimic. Um, well, a skilled mimic whilst singing. Okay. That's the caveat. Good. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so I, you know, I just, I mean, I started off playing, you know, in bands. When I was 12, you know, so it was all cover bands, you know, and it, the, the originals didn't come till later. And um, and so, you know, you, we, I got really good at, at kind of assuming the voice, mimicking the voice of whoever I was singing, you know, whether it was, you know, uh, Black Francis and the Pixies or, or Michael Stipe, Varium or. Or Morrissey of the Smiths, if I was singing that, you know. Uh, so even today, to this day, you know, I'll still kick in uh, to some Dave Matthews or some Aaron Neville. There we go. Uh, that, that's, that's where we got to stop. We got to stop you on the Aaron Neville yeah. thing. Can you give us an Aaron Can Neville? Can you give us an Aaron Neville? We love a good Aaron Neville. <laughs> it is really early, guys. <laughs> I don't know uh, much. Aaron Neville request. <laughs> and Aaron Neville, it, it, that is, it's, it, it's, I, okay, I'll I, try I that's to. a whole Paul headspace Stato. to get into. If you want <laughs> someone to play, I can't even do. It. <laughs> Go and find yourself a toy. Thank you. Thank it, you so it, much. That's that. called But it, but it needs you. But I need to be warmed up, and the, then the vibrato just comes out like a bluebird on a spring day. Yeah, sure, I was. Gonna, you need a B three in the background to really <laughs> be you know, in the moment. I was going to have Rob harmonize with you because he does Aaron Neville on the I regular do. on the podcast. But, oh, do you do see you are? This is a setup. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I'm, I'm all croaky in the morning, was, and no. you've just been working the pipes, and you're just about to. <laughs> like a diamond that used to be how we would fake having guests before we actually had guests we'd be like Aaron just, Neville thanks for stopping by yeah, and Rob would be Aaron Neville yeah, or, or you know anybody Shaggy my favorite my favorite was Shaggy I would you know, I'm the dumb 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 d
Yeah. Oh man, do you have a do you yeah. have a, a a favorite impression? Just one that you just get, will pull out of the bag. <laughs> uh, you know, probably the easiest one is uh, is Dave Matthews. Sure, okay. that makes sense with your voice. I, I get that. Yeah, the easiest one's Dave Matthews. But you know, I think I think the listeners have heard quite enough third rate impressions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, on we won't the- force that one. Um, you can go online and see me doing Dave Matthews. Just put better than Ezra Dave Matthews <laughs> right. and, and, and hit play ad nauseum. <laughs> um, so what going into songwriting, because you're I'm really interested to talk to you um, because of your, you know, you've got an artist career with better than Ezra uh, and, mm-hmm. and solo stuff of your own. And then you've also been co-write and writer on these, you know, fantastic cuts for all these really well-known bands. And so I want to get into some of both of those areas with you. Um, but as far as just writing in general, what are the, I, I know it's hard to pull out probably specific songs, maybe not, but uh, what are the kinds of songs that inspired you to start writing? The kinds of songs that inspire me to start writing, you know, that t- 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 initially or every day. Yeah. Initially, like when you, when you first went, I should probably do that. I want to, I want to write like that. Um, well, it's kind of, it's twofold, really. Uh, it, um, I was inspired, or, you know, I think you're just born with, you know, wanting to do music. You know, I think you have a bug, uh, however that gets ignited, um, it, somewhere it does. And for me, it was listening early on to Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, um, The Beatles, um, uh, it, it, just kind of classic rock. My, 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 my father, uh, got a stereo from my brother and I, he was, have an older brother and, and, and my dad wasn't a real musical guy. He loved music, but wasn't, you know, this, a, a music aficionado, but when he got us this stereo, he got us, uh, five albums. Um, and it was Stevie Wonder, Intervisions, Led Zeppelin, Houses of the Holy, Grand Funk Railroad, we're an American band, nice. uh, Sly and the Family Stone. It's the one on the, it's a white background and Sly's dressed in black leather doing like a karate kit and it has everyday people on it. And then the fifth one was only one where he stumbled. It was a canned heat album. But okay. those, the, you know, and, and wait, and Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Did I say that? Did I start it off with that? I, I, know, I, don't, I know you mentioned it. I don't, can't remember it, if you listened it, to the it, At any rate, th- those really kind of were, th- were things that sparked my musical journey. And I was like, I, I want to do this. I, and especially Elton John, the lyrics of Bernie Taupin, the musicality of, um, of, uh, of Elton John, you know, could, and that just, uh, you know, and then, so it was really just singing and, and learning about song craft because when you, when you listen to songs, you learn the structure of songs and and then all you know, I had an older brother, like I said, uh, said you know, and it was rock. It was Aerosmith and ACDC and Led Ze- and uh, and Van Halen. But it was really in the in the early '80s when I started listening to ba- to British bands like the Jam and the Smiths and the Vapors. Remember uh, Turning Japanese? Oh, sure, I yeah. really think so. Yeah. You know that that album by the band The Vapors really changed my life because uh, it was new wave and punky, and uh, and and then bands like Haircut One Hundred, uh, which had uh, Love Plus One, which was a big song, and uh, and and so so when those bands started coming out because because it was a daunting task 
as a young musician and I was playing, I started, I st- my, my first band was when I was 11 years old and I cut a single when I was 12 years old, we won a contest, but that's another story. But, 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 you know, I, I, I was listening to bands, you know, like foreigner and journey and, and where you had to have a four octave range and the production was in Austin. It was so crazy, but then suddenly bands like REM came along mm. and the Pixies and I was like, wait a second, these are chords that I can play. And this is a vocal range that I can sing in. There's no, I, I'm not having to to claw through layers of production to figure out how to play the song. Also, I was a massive Rush fan. So, you know, it, it felt like it, listening to those, you know, 70s and early 80s big rock bands, it felt like an impossible task to be able to write a song. Where do you start? But then these indie college bands came along. And I was like, oh, I can hear, these are just folk songs. And that was really where I started digging in as a songwriter and saying, oh, there's a path for me here. There's there's a, a lane that I can that I could go to go down. But so long winded uh, answer to your question. It was the classic rock, the very musical uh, stuff of those those big seventies rock eighties rock bands, uh, and then that informed um, my kind of uh, entree into uh, writing with following bands like REM and the Pixies and that kind of stuff. And so they kind of merged. And so it's, it's a, it's a weird amalgamation of college rock uh, foundation with prog rock aspirations of rush. There's a lot of rush, and, but and what better than that? Who does? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are parts of these where we like spit out things that we just love about the people that we're hanging out with. And I'm going to tie that back into you songwriting for other people. I, I saw an interview that yeah. you did on WGN Chicago a while ago, and you're talking about how it's the best vehicle to get your song heard. So a lot of times the stuff that you've written, other people make it make it big, like uh, obviously the Sugarland song, the Stuck Like Glue, the Human for John, uh, Collide, Howie Day. I think the best song you ever written was uh, Get Back Up for the Bare, the Bare Naked Ladies album, Silver Ball. I love that album. Oh, yeah. I think I love the riff. Any Brad Pitt Moneyball reference goes well with me. The Muhammad <laughs> Ali reference is money. The one thing that kept that song from being perfect is your soft rhyme of free fall and vehicle. If you change that, it's the perfect song. <laughs> It would have been it would free have been fall, free fall. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it sounds perfectly acceptable within the soft rhyme I, of Pantheon. I, I think that's the only thing you missed in the entire thing of the entire song. Uh, but you know, I, I love that you bring that up. Bare Naked Ladies, you know, I, I've, I've been able to, it's kind of a dream collaboration. I, I love those guys and I love the, uh, the inventiveness of Ed Robertson's songwriting. And I, and, and early on years ago, I was like, I want to start writing with them, you know, and it took, took a kind of, it took a while, um, for whatever reason, but it's so much, it's, I, it's so easy writing with Ed because we are like-minded in our nerdiness (laughs) and certain kind of lyric that you can write with bare naked ladies that won't work with any other band and and any other band are like, are you crazy <laughs> but Ed's like yes yeah. you know uh you know it, I can talk about time travel and lunar rovers and 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 uh uh polycarbonate high pr- uh, pressure sensitive tape which is which is ha- yeah. which is the the technical definition of duct tape duct tape heart man that's the best um, sounding double-sided polycarbon uh, pressure sensitive tape yeah. you know that's and, the and, best and, sounding and, song on the album in terms of sounding sonically I think it sounds oh, yeah. fantastic 
we we've out every time you know a new album cycle comes along and you know I, I won't hear from ed and then finally i'll get a text and like i it, it'll be just like griffin i need some bangers signed <laughs> snow dog which is a deep it was a deep cut rush reference uh that's wow. by tour and the snow dog from caress of steel um and, and he'll fly down and we spend five days together and he he, he literally shows up he goes give me your a game <laughs> and, and I'll and I'll have five or six song starts and, and themes, and I'll just throw that. I'll just throw them out, and we're like, yes, 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 no, yes, <laughs> and then we'll just start, and uh, and it's just a blast. Uh, so thank you for even noticing those songs. You know, all the the, the songwriting for others has really been uh, it's been my bread and butter. Really, you know, uh, it, it, to be able, you know, to still be doing better than Ezra, but to have so many other irons in the fire. But the big, the biggest thing is that it just keeps me fresh and creative um, songwriting wise, because I, I, you know, I, I write with the band like bare naked ladies and then I'm writing with a, a new bluegrass kind of Americana artist like Molly Tuttle or, or with the struts, you know, which is a glam rock band or the record company, which is kind of, which is a rock band kind of in the black keys mold. But look, last week, Yesterday, I was working with Tom Morello for his next, you know, that's awesome. That's cool. you know, it, it, which it might be an Atlas Underground album. I'm not sure. Uh, but I just do it, it, you know, and then it's country or it's, you know, it's pop. Today, we're going to try to do a, a big Nile Horan, you know, he's a, yeah. was in one direction. We're yeah. gonna, it's a pitch. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. You'll ever hear it, but we're <laughs> going to go for the brass ring. But But it just keeps... You know, so as a result, I'm always listening to new music. I'm just this voracious of consumer of content and inspiration. And as a, writing for other people, uh, it, it, because I'm always going to do what I do. I'm always going to sound like me singing, and and I have my kind of go-to bag of tricks, chord-wise. But when I'm writing with another, with an artist or other songwriters, like today, two other songwriters, and we're just going to write a song that's going to be a pitch, I get to step out of out of me and be somebody else, and it be a different genre. And, and if I'm going to do that in a compelling and believable and an authentic way, I've got to do the due diligence and spend the time listen, mm-hmm. listening to those songs in that form and really knowing where they're drawing off of. Because it's a real subtle thing to know why Niall Horan may record a song that Sean Mendez won't record, yeah. all these kind of things. Uh, and so I love it, man. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll just go off on a tangent. How do you end up uh, making connections? Like, how, how do you end up, you know, writing something that ends up on a meatloaf album? Uh, you know, making those connections. How's how's that? How did that initially come about? I realize it gets easier as you go along, but yeah, well, it, it was complete happenstance. So in two thousand one, <laughs> Better Than Ezra was making. We were mixing the uh, Closer album um, out in Los Angeles, and we were doing it at a studio called Conway Studios, which is this. It's been around since the early '80s, I think. Uh, it's this uh, three studios, and there's it's Spanish style, um, enclosed in this big wall, uh, in all these manicured gardens. And it, it's at the corner of Melrose and um, um, St. Andrews, uh, the same St. Andrews in the uh, that's mentioned in the Jane's Addiction song. She woke up on okay. St. Andrews, Jane. Yeah, so that's it's a dicey part of town, but right here in this questionable, sketchy area is this beautiful cloistered garden studio, and and you drive, you give you give your name, and the doors open up, and you're in Shangri La. Well, two thousand one, 
Justin Timberlake was making um, his first solo album in one studio, in Studio A. We were in Studio B, better than us. In Studio C, Meatloaf was making an album. And, and Alan Kovac, his manager, who's a famous manager, he manages Blondie and the Bee Gees and Motley Crue still to this day, uh, came up to me and goes, Hi, Kevin, I'm Alan Kovac. Listen, Meat heard one of your songs this morning, and uh, he'd like to, uh, to know if you'd like to collaborate with him. And I was like, at first I was kind of like, uh, he wasn't the coolest in 2001, right. even though he's a rock god. And we, were th- we thought we were super cool. Uh, and I was like, but finally I was like, yeah. I'm going to write, I'm going to write with him. You know, Alan Kovac told me, cause we got to be, become friends. He's, he really kind of changed my trajectory. He goes, Kevin, you put all your time into better than Ezra. And he was, he wasn't uh, a shy guy. He goes, look at what I have. He goes, I've got all this management. I've got real estate. I've got this. I've got that. I've got that. You got this one thing. You need to branch out and do other stuff and, and, and write for other people and produce. And I was, and I was like, you're right. So I wrote with I wrote with Meatloaf, and we did a seven minute long Jim Steinman esque epic about a trucker addicted to speed who's, who breaks down, stumbles into a, a, a roadside revival, and becomes saved with a gospel choir. It's an exercise in bad taste on purpose. <laughs> I love. If it. you really want to see something crazy, type in Meatloaf, Testify, Sydney, um, uh, Sydney Boys Choir, and it's Ooh. just crazy but uh and that's how it started um but but the songwriting thing so that that was you know then i knew then blondie was the same manager and so that was kind of that thing and then it really was all about me hustling um it was finding it was hearing that a young artist howie day was covering a better than ezra song you know and and then reach having my manager reach out hey do you want to write and that's how that happened and then once you have a hit then people come to you yeah because i you're going to write them another collide or suck like glue or, or, you know, and it doesn't really work that way. Um, clearly, but they don't know that. <laughs> but, but don't tell but, Ed that he's still showing up every time. Like, he, your he shows up, man. I, 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 but, but, but a lot of it really is the hustle and sitting down and saying, okay, who do I know? Oh, let me reach back out to these A&R guys and just let them know I'm here. Let me reach out to my publisher and ask them, if who did I ask the other day? I was like, I was like, I reached out. Oh, just Lori, like wanting to write with Lori McKenna, who's this great country writer who co-wrote, uh, who wrote "Humble and Kind" for uh, Blake, Blake Joe. Oh, Blake. She and she co-wrote um, "Girl Crush." She's amazing, but you know, and, and just and just and just say, hey, uh, tell her we'll write a better than Ezra song together. But it, it's it's really about the people come to me, but it's also about, and it's just really just kind of any business, you know. You know, when you sit down and you're like, okay, man, I need to get some stuff on the books. Yeah. You know, I need to get some sales. I need to get some connections. And every time I spend thirty our minutes or an hour in the morning, kind of going through who I've been writing with, what I want to accomplish, and I try to connect those dots, I always it always pays dividends. Mm. You know, but it's but it's but I don't remember to do it all the time. But it's a hustle. That's great. That's some real good insight for the for the songwriting listeners, especially among us. I think it's great. Man, um, it, it, it is, and it's really important because if you sit down and you, okay, look look at who I've written. You say who do I write with? Who's my publisher? Who's just my guy at BMI or my girl at ASCAP or whoever at CSAC? And just really foster those relationships. 
you know, go have a ketchup coffee, put yourself out there for, with, for somebody, you know, is going to turn you down to write with, <laughs> or, you know, and here's the good news is it at no, at every point in your career, you're going to get turned down. Right. <laughs> I get, I, I, I'll email people that, that just don't respond to my email. Cause they just, you know, I'm not, if they're, I'm not as hot as Ryan Tedder or insert super hot writer, you know, but I still try. And every once in a while they'll go, yeah, man, I'm a, I love what you do. I love that bare naked lady song, yeah. you know, that I'm like, you heard that song, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll tell awesome. the listeners do what we do and maybe you'll get to hang out with Kevin Griffin. That's like, right. For that's, real, two, two nobodies that get to hang out with one of our, yeah. one of our heroes. Um, and Man, we would be putting yourself out there. That's right. It, it, you're ever going to get the answer you want if you don't ask the question. Exactly. Yeah. You miss, what you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Michael Wayne, Scott, Wayne Gretzky, yes, yeah. whoever. The, uh, there you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a great, right? yes. Well, we would be remiss if we didn't talk better than Ezra stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You. So the way I, my, uh, my discovering of you guys was actually on Letterman um, back in the day. We on oh. TV debut. Um, I'm a little older and I went back and rewatched that. Man, Dave is, he like, he says from the brand new CD and he's reading the teleprompter and he says, hold up. It's called Deluxe. He like reads the words, hold <laughs> Hold up. I'm like, I think that's just, they're just telling you to hold up the CD the, or the vinyl there, uh, there, Dave. Um, but so good. The ending, drummer's going crazy. Sounds kind of like the Catalina wine mixer at the end. They're just giving it all pow, pow from Step Brothers. Uh, that was my oh, yeah. discovery of you guys. Was uh, Tell us about being on Letterman. Uh, Letterman was, is, uh, was always just a unique experience. First off, famously, it was freezing in the studios. It, he kept it like it. 60 degrees, 58 or 60 degrees. And you were there all day because you, you get there, they, you know, there's, they, they realize a band is like herding kittens, right? So they were like, we get the band, don't let them go. Don't let them go to the bar. I mean, they probably have these antiquated ideas about what a band is, but so they get you there at 11 AM and you know, you don't go live till, till five thirty, five forty five, 45, right. So just in real time. Um, and you get there, you do your, you, you, you get your check, you do, you do your sound check, you do, you do the song three times, then you do, then you sit around, then you do the camera blocking, you do another song another three times. So you played it five or six times and you're freezing. Um, so by the time you play, you're just, you know, you're, you're very cold. And as a guitarist, you know, you being cold is not conducive to playing guitar. Um, I think what I remember, you know, most about that first Letterman show where we did, where we did good was uh, that I, I, I look back, I'm pretty, I have peace of mind mostly about what I wore back in the nineties, but there was this big, big gigantic leather jacket that I'm wearing that, that I'm not that happy that I wore. But other than that, uh, that was a fun performance. And we, we always had fun on Letterman. Actually our, our network television debut goes back before that was the John Stewart show. John Stewart before the Daily Show, not Daily Show, but uh, all all the things he's done, um, uh, had a talk show. Yeah, the John we Stewart were, show, John right? Stewart oh, yeah, show, yeah, on MTV. Yeah, Leno, Letterman, all those shows were just a blast. Leno was easier to do because it was warm. You know, <laughs> you could feel it was, your it was more laid back. Um, I think on on I remember on Leno, I got to tell a story when we were in Germany and we ate pigeon for dinner in one place. Uh, okay. That was what I spoke about when I was in the chair on the couch, <laughs> but those were, those are great. And uh, so, yeah. So 
Excellent. Well, so, okay, so theories abound as to how Better Than Ezra got its name. And, I, the, and the urban legend that I grew up with was that it involved another local band that was called Ezra. And then you, you're like, well, screw those guys. We're, you know, we're better than Ezra. We're better. Um, <laughs> and I've also seen it's maybe a Hemingway reference. And I, to this point, I don't know that it's ever actually been officially disclosed. Uh, is today the day you want to just for once yeah, and for no, all? I, I want to, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure you guys have families and loved ones. And when we do, when and if we ever do reveal their true meaning of the name, you know, we, those people will have to be um, silenced, if you will. <laughs> wow. You know, as part of like you, you get you, you'll, you'll be given and that it'll be like something like is even though you're given the keys to the kingdom, finding out where the Holy Grail is, the chalice of life, but the price is also your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> A penitent man <laughs> shall pass. So the catch 22. Yes, you're going, you're going to be the first to hear, but you're going to die. So you won't be able to divulge it. Can't share. Not worth and, it. I, and I, and I think I've, I've already, you know, JP, Rob, I already feel like we have a, you know, a rapport, and I don't want it to end that way. That's yeah, good. That's things true. are going yeah. so well. It's not. Let's, but but let's, here's the price to say we realized early on people's ideas or what they heard, like page 258 of Hemingway's Immovable Feast, the line, anything was better than Ezra learning how to play the bassoon. There we go. It, it, the real explanation doesn't even come close to that. We found people <laughs> were more interested in the band by not knowing. Yeah. It's like people interpreting their favorite song. Like you just let them, just let them do it. Let it mean oh. whatever it means to them. Yes, because your interpretation is never as cool. You're, the real inspiration is rarely as uh, as eloquent or deep as what you thought. What's the uh, what's the proper spelling of wah? <laughs> you know, I, I, I've often put it as a h. H-A, aha. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but, but honestly, I really don't know. The, the story with that song is I, I wanted to write, I'd been listening to a lot of uh, Dylan and, and even some Pixies. Not, not Pixies, no. Uh, yeah, it was Pixies. And it was, and it was always just the same chords. It was four chords. Mm-hmm. Never mind three chords in the truth. It was four chords in the truth. And I was like, oh, they're not, the Pixies were famous for this, just using dynamics, i.e. a distortion pedal to do the different um, transitions in the song, you know, um, and that's why the, the Pixies documentary was called Loud, Quiet, Loud. That's what uh-huh. they did. It was the same song, you know, and so it was really, an ex- it was a really overt experiment. Like I'm going to use four chords. The fourth chord is going to be a C seventh because you had to yep. throw the seventh in there to make it sound evil. Right. And the B flat and is everything there. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, and then a modulation, which was it's the only song we've ever done a modulation on. Um, it was really about, okay, I'm going to do four chords and make the, the, the verse, you know, the chorus, the, the bridge transitions compelling by using different melodies, but also distortion pedal. And that's really what it was. But the wah-ah was going to be a lyric. We, we had to play, we had to open a show for Poi Dog Pondering. I don't know if you remember that Austin-based band. Um, and we, and I'd written good and we knew people liked it because we played it at this place called WC Don's in Jackson, Mississippi, which was a double wide trailer. Excellent. Uh, it was the most bizarre place. You, you like, you needed a tetanus shot after you played this play. <laughs> and, um, 
And I, 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 we, I was, we played this song and I did had, I, I often sing new songs without finished lyrics and, That's uh, and, and Wah was going to be like, Hey there, or I, I don't know what it was going to be, but Wah was just a placeholder and people were like, man, I love that Wah song. I was like, Oh, <laughs> it's hooky, right? landed and, stuck. That's right. it's- and you know, and then, and since then I, I've always, uh, done these sounds in my songs, like what uh oh stuck like glue, yeah, or yeah. you know. So I love the what uh ohs and any kind of things that a, that a even infant, in duct tape heart, you've got some some oohs in there. There you go. Dude, you know, I love it. And man, you know, what makes a song memorable is often not you know the the production or the instrumentation or or the really really great lyrics. It's just that silly medley melody that a child that really can't even articulate words can sing. Well, we uh, we have like a whole list of questions, but we only have three minutes and some change on, on Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. So we're going to ask the question. Uh, that- oh, you guys are so low rent. You haven't even paid to get the no. Dude, <laughs> We'll get there one day. Yeah, we'll get you're going to be. The, uh, I love gonna- it. Here, here's the deal. My lawyer that cost me out the doesn't have a subscription. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're shutting down because you're too cheap. <laughs> we'll buzz you back in if we get cut off. We'll, get, but we'll go, come go back for, for a part go, two. Go, go. We, uh, no, we're, yeah, we're good. The, uh, you're on tour, either by yourself or with Better Than Ezra. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? Um, and while you're thinking of it, I get a Three Musketeers bar because it's the most ounces for the money. Edited Because <laughs> right. we're that version. cheap. Because we're, that, we're cheap. that low rent. No, they, uh, what's your gas station snack food? It's not it's not a good look, but when I go in and if I'm going in to 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 eat anything from a gas station, it's because I'm on the road. I get a sugar free Red Bull and raw almonds. Oh, so it's all about balance. It's, it's healthy, yeah. healthy raw raw unsalted almonds. But I don't want to be drinking coffee all day long. But I also want to stay awake, so I'll do a sugar free Red Bull. Okay, I thought you were talking it's about not, Shaq's Red Hot Dogs or something. Yeah, Sha- Shaq's Hot Dogs. I thought you were going to get some. Of, yeah, so I'll get through as many of these uh, better than Ezra highlights. Right. At, and see if I can throw it in with a question at the end. Three and a half minutes uh, felt like a lifetime. I think the most brilliant thing you did in a lifetime is that it's exactly three and a half minutes. Well played. That was complete coincidence. Uh, it, awesome. yeah. it was a complete coincidence. And then uh, the song I referenced, the REM song, perfect, is Perfect Circle. Perfect Circle, yeah, it's and three, and, it's three and, a half minutes. and a half minutes long. It's crazy. So it, I mean, look, a lot of pop songs are three and a half minutes, but to be exactly on 3.30 it's amazing. But, was uh, a, a feat, and, and it was uh, it's, it goes down on the rock lore. Rock does, lore. Ex- does extraordinary have the most rhymes of any song you've ever compiled? It probably does. And man, I remember sitting on the steps of my studio down in New Orleans writing that song, and that just it just fell out. And, and except I was stuck, uh, and um, and there uh, on a rhyme, and, and there was a there's a program that I use called Master Writer. Every once in a while, oh, everybody yeah. knows Master Writer, yeah. and I uh, it, it gave me the, the phrase debutante ball. Oh, uh, nice! And so if you look, if you look in the second verse, it says at a debutante ball, and that was complete from uh, Master Writer. Wow! Thank you, Master Writer. Well done, software overlords. That's excellent. <laughs> well, well yes. we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to shut it down. Uh, I would love to have you back sometime for a part two if you're amenable to we, that. But we, we've got um, another list of questions. Yeah, hey guys, next time let's do shirts versus skins. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> Game do it. on. Let's Game see. on. You, you down? I'm skins. Hundred percent. I'm skins. <laughs> I'll, I'll be shirts and you guys be skins yeah. and we'll just 
See what happens. Yeah, we'll just see where it goes. <laughs> and get ready for your viewership, your listenership to skyrocket. Absolutely. That's why we're audio-only podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kevin, thank you so much. It's been a real treat, man. Continued success, guys. Thank you. Let's do it again. Thanks thank so you. much. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. See you. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. All the best. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was Kevin Griffin <laughs> of Better Than Ezra. You know what I think about that interview? It was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. We, Even though we, we got yelled at, listen, we grew from it. We grew from right. it. We're better now because of it. We haven't that's had right. to cut anyone off of their interview time because of Zoom. That's right. We have back-to-back interviewed and had people jump in that's to right. others. That's Y'all, wouldn't that be fun? We've talked about, and it has been a possibility, and it has actually happened once, uh-huh. where we've been interviewing somebody else, and it's just an open Zoom meeting with yeah. no password. And so we'll be interviewing somebody, and an interview goes long, or somebody hops in early. Right. Yeah. And so then our next interview just hops in the waiting room. Would it not be the funnest if we're interviewing, you know, Kevin Griffin, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ray Stevens hops in the the waiting room, and we just put them in a room and see what happens together? Uh, That would just be the funnest, dude. We need to talk. Well, off air, we'll talk about what would be the most awkward ones. Yes, that that would be good. Oh, that would be so good because some of them it would just be like family reunions. Uh A lot of these people know each other. They'd be like, "Hey, you know, I mean, we're well. I don't want to spoil the guests, but we had one that was like, "Oh, you just talked to Kevin Griffin. Tell him I said hi." Blah blah blah. Blah, blah, you know all this stuff um but uh yeah so that would be you could have some really like super fun moments or you could have some like awkward like what are you doing with him what's happening yeah. here yeah <laughs> so all right uh man we hope you are enjoying season eight we certainly are we got a lot more to come and uh, it just gets better from here y'all if you've hated it so far it gets better if you've loved it so far get excited because it gets even better you know so we'll be we'll see you next week with another great song in the meantime i'm rob i am jp go listen to some music